0: Hello my friends and welcome to Taking Stock, the podcast from the business desk of the Yorkshire Post. My guest this week is someone who I firmly believe has simultaneously got the best and the most challenging job In the region, he is the chief executive of Welcome to Yorkshire. He's been in that position since the start of the year, and as well as running an organisation that has its own internal challenges, he's now dealing with an organisation that represents a sector that is frankly facing something of an existential crisis. We go through an awful lot in the ensuing podcast. We talk about his background, we talk about his vision for the future of Yorkshire and what we can do in the medium and long-term try and keep our beloved tourism and hospitality sector uh, up and running and indeed even viable. Um, His name of course is James Mason and this is what we talked about in the ensuing podcast. I hope you enjoy. Hello James and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, fine thank you Mark. A little bit rainy in uh, West York today but yeah, fighting, fighting food. Do you know what, I think if the weather had been like this... um, Constantly during this lockdown period things would have been a lot lot harder for all of us I think we've been really lucky with the weather, but of course, that's um, I guess especially galling for a man in your position that you know, it would normally when the the Sun is shining and the, it's, it's nice and hot and sunny. That's a, a bumper time for the tourism industry and they've been uh, Completely prevented from capitalizing on this good weather I think the definition of irony mark is that you know, we're in lockdown the. Uh, May on record, and then just
1: as the economy starts to spring back into life, uh, the rain comes, doesn't it? So, yes, you're right. You know, the, the, the wonderful weather that we've seen in the past few weeks and months um, has really underpinned the challenge that we're up against, you know, uh, especially in tourism. If you think about the Yorkshire Coast, ice cream sellers would have been uh, would have been, <laughs> licks, lips at the, at the temperature that were coming out the day before in the forecast, and that's made it... Even harder because uh, we want to celebrate the best of the county, our our coastline, our countryside, um, our city, town, villages in the beautiful sunshine. Um, but therefore, you know, the, the, the double negative of people not being able to get out and enjoy it, but then also businesses to benefit from the rewards of tourists has been especially hard. Um, and so we're just hoping that when we do.
0: Fully reopen the whole industry that the weather is kind to us, that we can make up for lost ground. The weather is not the uh the, 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 there's a huge list of challenges that you're you're facing at the moment, James. And I do want to get into those, but can you just for benefit of those listening to this, just describe your journey into um taking on your current role as a uh, head of the tourism industry for Britain's biggest county, and and how and really why you wanted to go into that job. Um, I suppose. Um, I, I, well, I'll start with will
1: start with a potted history of my life, if, 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 that, if that's easier and then it probably explains how I took on the job here. Proud Yorkshireman, born in Bradford, but lived most of my life in, in Guysley, just outside Leeds. So you know, went into the county. Um, you know, genuinely do love being from from Yorkshire, and have celebrated that fact at university and when I've lived abroad. You know, I'm very proud to call um, Yorkshire my home. Um, trained as a journalist um, after being at University of Newcastle, where I did a psychology and philosophy degree, but actually always wanted to be a sports journalist. Failed sportsman, so I thought the next best thing be a sports journalist, and and actually was lucky enough to do that for the best part of. 10, 11, 12 years for a variety of news outlets but for the BBC um, and ended up working at, um, at Topford at, at the main um, BBC sports and news uh, depot there for a number of years covering uh, Premier League football, Championship football even working for the World Service as a news reporter which was a, you know, a dream come true, it really was uh, but it was the life of a freelancer that probably suggested to me that once I got married and got kids, I probably wanted a bit more security. So I set up a business completely randomly with a friend of mine in joinery, of all things, um, importing joinery products from Italy and all around the world. And I did this at the same time as being a journalist. So obviously you work in shifts, so I do an eight-hour shift and then start, you know, um, selling the products. I was very interested in digital media and digital uh, marketing. I even built uh, an e-commerce website to sell the joinery products. After about four or five years, it became quite a big thing. We were a national company with showrooms and it really took off and provided me with some seed investment to look at other projects. Fast forward a few years later. My hometown club, Bradford City, were looking for a Chief Operating Officer. I thought, wow, what an opportunity to maybe combine my love of media and marketing and I suppose the business skills I've picked up in the last few years. I applied for the role, went to see Julian Rhodes, the chairman. I think at the time, he thought I was going to invest in the club, which is why he granted me an audience. (laughs) Uh, And I very quickly built up a rapport with him, and within weeks, I'd agreed to uh, give my time for six weeks free of charge to help them uh, build marketing and, and sales channel stayed there for four years, Mark, and absolutely loved it. Um, you know, progressing to be the Chief Operating Officer alongside Julian Rhodes. And we, we experienced wonderful times together. We increased the season ticket base from 11,000 to 19,000. We built a real online community and had some wonderful success, including an FA Cup run, uh, which saw us beat Chelsea of course 4 2. Um, I decided to leave Bradford City after four great years only because I wanted to see how I could stretch myself in other industries, so I became a sports agent. I (laughs) went from gamekeeper turned poacher and spent two years working with talented uh, footballers and athletes and taking them out to the United States. So that was a wonderful opportunity for me to travel, and this is where I'm coming on to with a welcome to Yorkshire role. I became a business traveller for a couple of years visiting places like Kentucky, Dubai, Shanghai, uh, South Africa. And actually, uh, without knowing this, I was building up a knowledge of travel and tourism, ma- and uh, tourism destination marketing. Uh, and out of the blue, I received a phone call about the welcome to Yorkshire role. And just thought, this is serendipic. I've gone full circle, and I'm coming back home. And I just couldn't turn the opportunity down. I, I probably was on the outside of, of knowing what happened, um, in terms of the last 18 months, in terms of the troubles, but actually when I read a little bit deeper and looked at what Welcome to Yorkshire had created in terms of the deep branding opportunities for the county, the, the Tour de France and the Grand Depart, and then of course the legacy of the Tour de Yorkshire, I just couldn't help thinking that this battered, bruised organisation was, was something that I could probably try and help and turn around. And, instill the confidence, the, the trust that, 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 that the brand needed, and also an opportunity to build, um, extol the virtues of Yorkshire to the world. So that's how I ended up here, and we're six months in, and
0: it's <laughs> probably a little bit different to the job I thought I was taking on. There's a common theme, isn't there, with you, James? You seem to um, kind of migrate into jobs that are more than jobs, aren't they? They're almost sort of labours of love. I'm just thinking, you know, the love of sport, the love of Bradford City, and, the, and then, you know, the love of the county. It's, it's, it's clearly something that's inside you, isn't it? That you want to work and operate in something that's going to be more than nine to five. It's going to be something that's actually part of your, um, your psyche and part of your personality.
1: And you know I've got some really strong role models that have been very influential in my life. Uh, My mother was a a single parent; she brought me and my sisters up um, to understand the difference between right and wrong, but also to give our role and everything that we did. She was a nurse for most of her life. Um, Unfortunately, she lives with dementia now, but she's still my my hero. In that, you know, when when I'm seeing all the work that the NHS staff are doing, I think, wow. My mum said to me when I was very early on, if you can find a job that you love. You'll never work a day in your life, and mm. I thought, "Wow, that's that's a really interesting perspective on it." As a, as a nurse, she wasn't particularly well paid, but she loved the vocation of helping people, supporting people, and coming home, making you know, making us feel that she'd made a difference. So, when I was at university, university, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Growing up, I really didn't. I just wanted to just like, like most young kids, enjoy myself, do the best that I could do academically. Yeah. Okay. I was I was strong. So you know, education seemed to be the, the sensible thing. Loved sport, as I mentioned, failed sportsman, so I just kept on following. You know, things that I'd like to do next. Like, right, I can't I can't be a footballer. But who are these people that are watching football and getting paid to do it? Oh, they're journalists. Well, what's a journalist? That sounds a great job, Mark. That's how you've come into it. Probably that inquisitive mind and looking at looking at things from a different angle. And yes, everything that I've done, I've got to be honest if I'd have set my sights on this from a very early age, I would have thought, James, would you like to a football club? Oh, yes, please. Would you like to uh, be a journalist? Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Would you like to help, you know, um, influence young sports uh, people's careers around the world? Yes, where, where do I sign? And then, James, would you like to run an organisation that, that celebrates the best of your county? Yes, where do I sign? So, in that respect, I've always followed something that I think I can a, have, a, have an impact in, but more importantly, it's something that I genuinely think that I can bring passion and my personality to. So, yeah, it has to be, it has to be a challenge, but it also has to be something that
0: I think I've got some level of um, acumen in it as well. The the challenge of you coming into that role, you, 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 there's no way you could have been um, sort of naive to the, the scale of what was going on, because, you know, there's without question, welcome to Yorkshire, you um, during its tenure did a huge amount for this region i don't think anyone would dispute that and the fact that we staged one of the i mean that weekend will live in our memories for the rest of our lives i can vividly remember how genuinely special it was and that's a tremendous legacy to have but you knew you were coming into a difficult situation, weren't you, that the organisation had so many challenges finance-wise and then image-wise as well. It, it, what was your view and in coming into that? Because uh, it must have even crossed your mind about changing the name, I guess, just to mark a complete year zero.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, when, I, when I was approached about the role, I, I did have to you know, stop and think. Although, as I said, I'd had a couple of years sort of travelling around the world, so I wasn't fully in tune with everything that happened at Welcome to Yorkshire. Um, but I was aware of all the success that the organisation had, whether it was the Chelsea Flower Show or the Property Farm, and actually just the brilliant job of branding Yorkshire as as, as a must-visit destination. So in that respect, you're right, you cannot deny the huge success that was achieved, um, and must admit, and place on record, I've never met Sir Gary Verity, so I'll never be drawn into a, a comment on him as a first. Because I've, I've never, never met it, but I read all the public fallout about what allegedly had it happened and the fall from grace from, you know, the 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 beacon of. Of light and hope for the county to uh, words prefixing it, such as troubled, scandal ridden, you know, and even in even some stronger words. I thought this is such a shame. I need to find out what really has gone on. So I did my due diligence. Spoke to former members of staff. Spoke to political leaders, business leaders, on what they thought of of the position coming up. And I think it was equivocal that you know there was so much right about the organisation that it that it it it. it was gonna be very difficult to fix but, you know, in time it could become a force for good again. In terms of looking at rebranding or changing it, the name is strong, you know, the name is synonymous with 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 success, but also now uh, to some extent failure in the past few years, so I think looking forward we might have to look at if we uh, have, a, have an obvious line in the sand and change things up, but stick to the principles of what we should be doing which is um, really being ambitious and making sure that we look for the next big thing to put Yorkshire uh, back on the map especially post-Covid-19 when the world is going to be you know, really competitive in terms of looking for international and actually na- national domestic business but yes i'm fully aware of the challenge uh you have on the job description at the time you will be dealing with a global pandemic that will that will mean that you will be actively saying not to come to your region you know that wasn't in the job description but i don't think the challenges are insurmountable but I do think a lot of people uh, need to come together to make this work. That includes the media, that includes other um, agencies, uh, not necessarily competing, but complementary and, and give us a chance. If they believe in, in, in the idea of a regional tourism agency that can fight and bang the drum for tourism, then we probably need to put the guns down and the pass behind because I wasn't part of that, I can't control that, I can only
0: influence the, the here and now and the future the financial side of things was already complicated wasn't it James prior to to all of this and now it's just become you know it, it's it's almost insane to think that the situation we were in you know we we're saying before we started the podcast that we ran into each other at an event in Westminster in January and that seems like a really really long time ago and it wasn't it was five months ago but it, it, it it's almost like we've um, traveled forward in time at a rapid pace it's always hard to even remember what it was like before this crisis coming in, but um, what's the, your sense of the, the situation on the ground from people who are involved in the tourism industry who are completely uh, prohibited from from doing anything at the moment. Yeah. Well, well if I'm now- in two parts if we, if we if we rewind back to when we met in in, in february you know we were, we were all looking forward we were all um, excited about what the future may bring yes welcome to york was going on a journey of recovery rebuilding relationships and and and,
1: and actually reinvigorating the brand but not the huge financial burden and legacy issues so i think it was october uh, november, november time last year where local authorities de- decided on a state of execution for Welcome to Yorkshire and and to pump in some much-needed um, emergency funds to keep the organisation going. Bear in mind, there's a half a million pound load to North Yorkshire County Council, bearing in mind the wage bill was suffocating the, the organisation, astronomical wage bill really, and probably a uh, uh, bloated uh, operational sacking because it's got to deal with something like a huge event like the Tour de Yorkshire, but then also smaller regional events. Again, I understand how it got to that state, but it was just running out of control. So the challenge was to you know, uh, stop the hemorrhaging of money, uh, reduce the, the, the fixed cost and reduce the salary, but still maintain a certain level of output. I looked at the digital assets of Yorkshire.com, the social media feeds and went, this can be done. We can rewrite the, the model, we can rewrite the membership um, offering, and we can really, you know, actually, eventually turn a huge negative uh, into an eventual positive going forward. However, COVID-19 struck, so all of a sudden it puts into question the tour of Yorkshire. And any event that you have, in county or out of county, we were planning to go to Borough Market. We were planning to launch all sorts of uh, big manifestos for 2020, all of which involve people face-to-face contact and pushing the brand out around the world. So all of a sudden, like a football club with a product, putting football matches on and you can't do it, we're no longer to, able to get out and see people, get the message out and we're confined to our um, spare bedrooms, our kitchens to try and you know, sell tourism. So what industry faces now is a real existential problem in that you need people to move around. The migration of people first of all in the county has stopped uh, nationally and internationally. And we rely on people coming into the county to spend money. The tourism economy in Yorkshire is worth 9 billion pounds employs 225,000 people. We have a wonderful product, but we can't access it. You know, we can't. We can't. We, we can digitally tell people about it, but they can't come. So it's almost like saying this is what you could have won. This is what you couldn't have. So I'm now speaking with is it Cornwall. Or is it Cumbria? Uh, even even visit Tampa Bay, you know, I've got a friend who runs uh, the marketing in, in Florida, St. James, we're all the same boat. our offer is different to yours, but it doesn't matter because we've no supply chain, we've no supply line, people can't come visitors. visit us. So the problem we've got now is not knowing when we can reopen, uh, not knowing when we can rebuild and recover. Any organisation, any industry, any business needs certainty. I, been there with my own joinery business. If you're gonna invest in machinery or in pitiful, you need to know that your order book is pretty strong and that there's a boom on the way. We know there's a boom on the way in tourism, but we just don't know when, because the statistics are telling us that, you know, international travel's gonna be off the, off the radar for a while. Our web stats are telling us that we've got 47% increase in visitors between April and May. 91% of those visitors are brand new. First-time visitors to Yorkshire.com. So they're thinking about York as a place to come and visit, stay and holiday, but they don't know when they can come. They don't know if it's gonna be safe don't know if it's going to be uh, as attractive if you can't actually uh, visit the theatre or, or walk around various um, attractions. So what we're trying to do is reinforce that message, help businesses reopen safely, there's a cost to that, and also retain the thousands of small independent bed and breakfast eateries, pubs, bars, restaurants that actually make your stay in Yorkshire different and unique to anywhere else. You come for the people, don't you, in Yorkshire? We don't realize, you don't come for the weather, you come for our history, our food, heritage, politics even, personalities. So that's the real challenge that we've got and that's the real challenge that tourism's got around the world, being able to you know, demonstrate a
0: USP to anyone that, that might be able to come. I'm intrigued to hear you reel off those stats about the, um, the visits to your uh, to, your, to your website and the the provenance of them. You know, it's, it's, it's really kind of encouraging to hear that people are are checking it out. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. We're almost like you're a, a, an artist with a, a great album and you can't release it or, a, you know, a filmmaker of a great film that you can't actually get into the cinemas. It's incredibly frustrating in many respects. And I'm, I've just, I've literally thought about this every single day when I've been sat in my front room working and looking at the sun shining down that, you know, People should be flocking to the all four corners of the county uh, to have a good time, and they're prohibited, not completely prohibited, they can go, but the actual ability for them to spend money and support the industries that, that make tourism what it is just isn't there. Uh, and that's it. It's that double
1: negative effect. We posted a video, I think, um, end of March, which, which came on the back of... Um, you know the the real start of lockdown, where our colleagues at the uh, Yorkshire Dales National Park, the North York Moors National Park, and and coastal towns like Scarborough and Filey, Whitby, all say, James, please can you get a strong message out to tell people not to come, because yes, um, you know we, we've now been given this hours exercise and and it's encouraged to get outdoors, but actually. The double negative of people coming to the areas was that mass concentration of people um, spreading the virus but not actually being able to contribute to um, the the local economy meant that, you know, no one won here. Fast forward another couple of months um, and people being asked to stay at home and stay away, Um, you know single negative there's actually no transactions happening but then lockdown slowly opens again so we come back to that double negative of people moving around the county you know whether it's the cow and calf and it down the road from me or whether it's a two-hour drive to the coastline with the kids to go to Scarborough which we didn't do by the way but my point being is you know all of a sudden you get all the negatives of tourism which is um, traffic people uh, Coastal erosion, uh, litter, uh, barbecues being left, uh, abuse of local facilities, but actually, the many towns and villages that support tourism can accept that if their pubs are full, if the bed and breakfasts are packed out, if the restaurants are full, uh, if the ice cream seller is doing a roaring trade, because you know they're earning an income. So there's always the flip side to the the, the influx of people. So having that double negative has just caused real uh, social tensions. It's created some real angst within the industry because, you know, businesses want to be doing trade. You know, it's why you set up a business. I do fear that the two-meter rule continuing and lack of... um, Clear guidance from government will lead to that continued inertia and at what point will a restaurateur uh, who set up to be bustling uh, on on a bank holiday weekend uh, decide to actually cash in their chips because it's not viable for them to open anymore at 50% capacity where food prices are going up because of the supply chain so you know Kings would have a, a, a heyday in terms of the economics of what's going on it's, it's almost a perfect model of, of, of how a, an economic an economy will fail if a pandemic or something like this comes on board so in strong interaction and strong leadership now is needed to make sure that uh, we do come out of this in a safe way but
0: also that these businesses don't have to go to the wall which they are doing clearly That's this, the reality isn't it I mean the, we're looking at some pretty startling figures from the York and North Yorkshire Local Enterprise Partnership saying that up to twenty thousand jobs could go in the sector, and that's a massive part of North Yorkshire's economy, and it, it's it's eye-watering. I mean, I, I the part of Leeds that I live in, Horsworth has got twenty thousand people living in it, and think that many people's livelihoods would potentially vanish. You know, what's what's your sense of it, James? Is there going to be what's it going to look like once we we do fully reopen? How much is going to be left in terms of the the cafes, the B and Bs, the pubs, the uh, tourist attractions—you know, your your water parks, etc. What what what's it going to look like? It's definitely not going to be the same, is it? No, it's not going to be the same, and it's impossible to predict what what it will look like. I, no, no one knows, and I think you'd be foolish
1: to stick here stick your um, neck out and say this is what it's going to look like we really don't know look at look at monday and um, the opening of the retail industry uh, lots of concern and worry but also excitement and i think i think the the biggest side relief on monday evening from most retailers was okay we got through it there wasn't a stampede of people but actually people didn't stay away so it was almost like a, a steady introduction a halfway house i think next week the next few weeks will be interesting when more retailers are open and and, and and they've they've learnt lessons or they've listened to the market as how to do it. You don't want to prohibit people coming into a shopping centre. And actually, shopping centres, for example, like the Broadway in Bradsford or, or the White Rose shopping centre or Monks Cross in York aren't made for social distancing. They're made to get as many people in as possible to sell as much money as possible to, to spend as much money as possible, eat as much food as possible. You know, it's, it's that it's that it's that it's that way of life. Yes, we need to recalibrate that 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 um, uh, that existence, but at the same time, we can't go the other way, whereby no one's making any profit, and um, everyone's miserable, and and it's really difficult. So I think the future will look um, not too dissimilar to as the recent past. So this new normal will will be yeah a modified way of doing things. People will still shop, people will still want to eat in restaurants. However, I think the 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 statistics of inflation reducing to an all-time or, or four-year low yesterday were interesting, but at the same time, certain products increasing in price, whether it was pasta or jam or certain foods. My concern there would be what we don't want to do is get to a point where certain um, benefits of tourism, such as you know, uh, luxury spends become you know, uh, a, a price that only wealthy individuals can pay. For if that makes sense, of going out for a meal, going to the theatre, if capacity is reduced or if the um, social distance rules aren't released, uh, you know there are certain parts of the tourism economy that only some people can can afford. That would be that would be that would be disastrous. You know, I, I read somewhere yesterday that I think there'll be hundreds of thousands of jobs lost in the arts and, and heritage sector and cultural sector. If that happens and if theatres have to close and if performing arts institutions have to close, that that's a loss to society that is you can't put a price on. So uh, my concern would be that we don't have the same offer that we had before. Yes, tourism needs to find a new level whereby it's safe and actually responsible and and future-proof and sustainable. But if the offer's worse than it was before,
0: that would be the biggest loss to, to us all. What's your uh, Look, we're in the situation where next month, uh, in theory, we're going to start to see some gradual reopening of, of hospitality. And I know there's a lot of work going on to get the two meter rule reduced down to one meter um in sort of chime with what uh, the rest of uh, our continental partners are doing but um what's your message for people who are thinking oh I'd, I'd quite like to go and visit you know the coast or the dales or what have you but i'm not sure you, you 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 must have a a message for these people that there's a way of doing this safely yeah it has to be to encourage them to do it within
1: uh, or the his guidelines at the time. You know, you'd expect to say this, but visit yorkshire.com. We've, we've moved our, our web presence from being just one of celebrating Yorkshire in all its perfect forms to offering live updates. Our industry channel is is geared now to offering both the consumer and the business owner the very latest uh, updates on, on, on how and where they can visit and what they can do and, and the messages that they need to probably undertake when they go going. It would be great to get to a position one day where we can develop a Yorkshire app that provides hotspots for areas. OK, this is long-term thinking, this is part of the strategy, but these are the things that we might have to accelerate and look for additional funding and support for so that we can make tourism come back quicker but in the way we want it to be, you know, built better um, so we can use intelligence, we can use data, we can use research to really influence uh, the traveller. And therefore, make sure that Yorkshire is not just the number one place to come because of all it's got to offer, but it's actually the safest place in the UK to come. Um, Our bed and breakfast, our hotels, our restaurants, our visitor attractions are ahead of the curve. And that we're leading the way in tourism. So that's the excitement for me. Probably wasn't the you know the most exciting thing on my radar when I joined in terms of you know providing the safest place to holiday or come to. But actually, in a post-COVID world, the the the, the, the words of trust, confidence, safe have to be taken um, not for granted now, but taken seriously. So therefore that's something that we have to do. So my argument would be in our marketing plan we're about to launch our recovery plan hopefully uh, in the Yorkshire Post any time now um, would be that we are leading the charge so we know that we're competing now just nationally for a while international travellers okay, will think about stepping in a while so therefore we're competing with London we're competing with Visit Scotland, Wales um, and, and, and parts of the UK so we've got to make sure that we're on the front of everyone's mind when they're thinking about coming to Yorkshire but when they're thinking about the wonderful um, Abbey's and, and York Minster's and Yorkshire coastlines, they have to come knowing that they're going to be safe, that the businesses are taking it seriously, uh, the, the COVID potentially, uh, the, the, the the future COVID outbreak. Uh, and so therefore, it's actually, you know, it, it, it's just part of their, their conscience that, do you know what, Yorkshire's safe. Because I keep hearing it, I keep getting told
0: it, on top of it and out go. How do you think you can uh, get into a situation and, and again I'll, I will reiterate the point I'm, I'm really gratified and, and uh, heartened to hear that there's an increase in, in traffic to the website in terms of potential visitors that haven't been here before coming but and this is I guess where you, you, you really put your, your marketing hat on with this question but what does Yorkshire have, in your opinion, over the, the, the Waleses or the Scotlands or the Cornwalls or wherever it may be? What Why would you pick Yorkshire ahead of those places when you're looking to uh, plan a trip of X amount of days? Um, uh, okay, good question. And this is where I can just close my eyes Mark, and, and remember
1: being a young boy that, that raced around the, 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 the sands of 5 Beach uh, or went to somewhere like Yorkminster or Bolton Abbey for the first time or have fish and chips in the Dales or uh, as I got older, a pint in a country pub out looking over Flamborough Head we have the very best of everything that you, the UK can offer in a, in a county we really do so if you, if you compare ourselves with Scotland and the Fine Glens and and mountains we have the yorkshire dales and the north york moors and the rolling hills of uh, 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 the, the, the yorkshire pennines etc we have some of the finest food not just in the, in, in the country but in the world uh, our gastronomic delights and our food which is the fastest growing sector in, in yorkshire can rival the best in the world. Some of our food producers, some of our exporters, if you think about the Wensleydale Creamery or Black Sheep Beer or or now we've got our own whiskey, so we're competing with Scotland. Okay, a couple of hundred years behind, but we're on our way. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got some of the finest um, heritage monuments across the country. So when, when I speak with our colleagues at, um, you know, visit England or English Heritage, you know, you think of um, Whitby Abbey uh, or you think of places like Castle Howard, you know, TV tourism is booming in Yorkshire because the whole world um, are looking at Yorkshire the perfect playground to write a script, have a backdrop for a film whether it's a period of drama or a present-day one. We genuinely do have anything that you can find in the UK on offer. Think about our vibrant cities of Hull, Leeds, Sheffield York, um, We have that city centre uh, living that people want. We have wonderful transport connections. Okay, I think that's the next big place so to come out of COVID 19 in a successful way. We have to address infrastructure, uh, and that's probably something you might want to ask me next. But if we get it, market, Yorkshire is a place to visit, live, work, study, which is our mantra. We have to make sure that when we get people to the area, they can do that. So, in terms of answer to your question, we can compete with
0: anyone in the UK at the highest level. We're oh, we are a country in a county. It's crazy having this conversation. Because for the benefit of people listening to this, James and I have known each other for quite some time. Um, I used to work at the Telegraph in Argus in Bradford when James was doing um, his journalism stuff, and we've 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 run into each other every sort of now and again, you know, periodically over over that time period and. James has been doing different things, I've been doing different things, and we're, we're now in this situation where we're looking to recover the county just at a time when, you know, things were starting to look really exciting. We've got devolution deals going through. We've got the promises on the transport infrastructure that we so desperately needed, and then this has uh, come and ridden a, a coach and horses through it. Listen, James, what are the positives? What are the What can we... Take from this coming out of this period because it's not going to last forever. Let's be honest with you. The social distancing at some stage will, will not be required. The the virus will come under control. What 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 can we learn from this period? Um, I, I think
1: the obvious one is a new appreciation of what's on our doorstep. You know, the, the lockdown enforced families to be together, and I appreciate the lockdown. Uh, isn't something any of us would ever vote for again, or a, or a pandemic racing through the, the world, because I'm acutely aware that for many people they've lost family and friends, um, they've been locked in self-isolation uh, in their own homes, families haven't been able to see each other. Um, I, I think of some of my uh, friends who, uh, who who work within charity, the charity sector, and have told me about you know single parents living in high apartments with 200 and not being able to get out and have the luxury of a garden. So let's not beat around the bush. We do not want anything on the to instead However, it has given us the opportunity to recalibrate our, our ourselves individuals, ourselves as, as, as friends, families, brothers, sisters, uh, workers. Um, it, it's given us a new opportunity to work remotely and see the positives and the negatives of that. So I think... What we've all learned is that there's an opportunity to build society back better, um, a, a reliance on on importing food. was it, with a conversation I had yesterday, you know, the, the real stark reality that, you know, we're relying on the rest of the world to deliver most of our food. So we need to look at that, sustainable food production, sustainable travel, and how we get around the country and, and you know, building a city whereby if we have to work from home, fine, but you know, if we're still going to be back uh, if, if, if lockdown is over and everyone can go back to work what's the A65 going to look like? What's the M62 going to look like? What's the A64 going to look like? What a train journey is going to look like? You know, We all love the train working to time but when they don't work to time, it's a disaster so we've got to really make sure that whatever we do going forward, there's a long term commitment to making sure that we plan for the next um, pandemic and make sure that we're resilient to it so that we don't have to backtrack and guess at every every um, junction we come to. A lot of the criticism towards the government has been right but also unfair to some extent because uh, what decisions can you make with no past historical evidence? We can learn from other countries and, and actually we should do because a lot of them were prepared for this. So the positive has to be Let's prepare for the future, let's make sure that we take the very best of the past forward with us and then perhaps look at what didn't work and, and make sure that we change that. And that's acutely the same for the tourism industry. We want a new appreciation um, of what's on our doorstep, so therefore littering needs to be stamped out and we have to you know impose greater fines and sanctions for people that break these laws. We've got to understand that buying local and supporting local has a much bigger connotation to um, the zeitgeist of living in Yorkshire than just um, supporting a local producer. It's important to the whole macro and micro economy. Um, I think we've got to understand that whilst uh, international travel is something that we should never ever take for granted, um, um, we do have a lot of everything that you get in the world on our doorsteps.
0: We did something called the World Cup of Yorkshire, yeah. which was principally a social media
1: piece of fun, pitting uh, the Peace Hall in Bradf- uh, in Halifax, against the iconic glass and steel structure of the deep in Hull, or Fountains Abbey up against York Minster. And actually, engagement rates were phenomenal. 80,000 unique votes in round one and a million interactions. But actually, the common theme, the trend that came through, it was that people were saying, the Peace Hall, never been there. I've not been to um, Revo Abbey for years. I've not been to Castle Howard. I've not been to, you know, uh, Brimham Brim Rock for years. So, okay, our job at Wellcome then is to make sure that people go, right, you've not been... We'll make sure you go in the next few weeks and months to support you know malum and support you know uh filey and support whitby and, and actually you know get to Cannon Hole farm get to the yorkshire wildlife park because do you know what in lockdown we were all campaigning to get it reopened because people haven't seen a giraffe or a lion or a tiger in weeks and actually if we're not careful they're going to go out of business you know theaters you know are uh, probably going to be the last part of the sector to recover because, again, when can you have an auditorium packed with a 1,000 people breathing on each other because they're watching Hamlet or listening to a, an orchestra? However, if we're not careful, if we don't support and visit these these institutions, they will be gone and probably won't come back forever. So, therefore, you'll have to travel for your fix of uh, the latest play of, of, of theatre production. So, we have to...
0: Re- reevaluate and really appreciate what we've got in the county before we lose it forever. I think you're you're almost well. You, you, in my opinion, you, you're definitely right. I think we can't take these things for granted, can we? You know the, the the things that we're all missing. I mean, the football's back this week, but you know, I think all of us that that love the sport we're, were sitting watching it with a slight, or a very large, rather, tinge of of sadness that you know there wasn't the fans on the terraces enjoying it. And, it's the same goes for absolutely everything. These things that we took for granted for such a long period of time suddenly are we're, we're prohibited from enjoying. You know, once it all comes back, we really, really can't take it for granted in any way, shape, or form. No, and I, and I think uh, quick question for me. Watched the football last night. Been in the industry for many years. Yeah, felt sad but there was there was there was a new hope. But was it sound on or sound off experience for you, did you have the crowd noise on mark i had you, uh... to put the crowd noise on i was finding it um i was finding it very very uh tough with that i, I put the crowd noise on and then I, as i sort of uh, almost an experiment i put it on without it and i but for about 10 seconds in i had to quickly put it back over i just found it really unnerving and yeah. I was uh, expecting a, I was I was expecting a tweet poll from you last night, you know, sound on or sound off. I did think, I about, think about doing that actually. Interactive poll going. <laughs> I did think about doing that, but I was um I've been looking forward to it for such a long period of time that I thought I'm just gonna <laughs> sit and watch this game and enjoy it and um typically we got a <laughs> nil like nil. Yeah, typically we got a nil-nil with the first game, but, you know, hey, that's, that's football. Well, look, things like this are important, aren't they? Because football's back, non-essential retail's back. Pretty soon we're going to start having certain elements of the hospitality sector back. It gives people that confidence that, you know, life can continue and that you you know what you need to do, need to, do to stay safe. You've had the guidance. You use your own common sense. And then that's how we start to, to get things going again, because I think a big problem that's going to come out of this is that this crisis has really frightened people and they're going to be scared and um, reluctant to return to normal and the more we can get these things back up and running again the better yeah I
1: think that there needs to be a huge um, onus put back onto people and, 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 and for society to really be responsible for how they act and react for example for um, you you fly from Leeds Bradford Airport or Manchester Airport, you see an international traveller uh, landing in at either of those with a face mask on, and you you probably turn to your friends, or your partner, Snigger, You won't anymore. You won't anymore. And actually, um, I would encourage you know the use of face masks on public transport as almost not a given, but almost a statute, because if we all have to do it, you then you're not the anomaly. You're not different. Um, if we're all doing it, it's like the child at school that doesn't want to be different or want to be seen as uh, an outsider. So if we all have to follow the same rules and they're made uh, ubiquitous, you know, it becomes the new normal, so you don't question it the second time that you're doing it. And I think um, that level of trust and confidence to, to get participants back into uh, mass events which is what we want you know we would be so much worse off without the tour de Yorkshire for example or um, a gig at uh, the the Sheffield Arena or or, or, uh, the Peace Hall let's let's not think about them not happening let's work out how we can be done and we can recreate those wonderful mass participation events and societies coming together you know we're, we're human beings we're, we're meant to be together not in isolation so in that respect you know this rebuild it back better um you know let's look at ways that we can you, you know develop um, a new society but also uh, you know i've been i've, I've been party to some wonderful entrepreneurial um, businesses that have sprung out of COVID-19. Um, I've seen strong collaboration between competing businesses and industries. You know, think of a couple of companies in Genfield working together to develop ventilators. Uh, you know, they, they were heard of words in, in the patch, you know, compete co- competition in the marketplace. They don't collaborate. You know, it's you, you fight for survival. So that that's a positive, you know. Uh, working together uh, businesses looking at ways they can make their services uh, leaner but also uh, more profitable at less cost um, more sustainable so there are many positives that have come out of this um, huge negative they're always going to be opportunities that come from any challenge so we've got to look at that from the- Betterment of society, and we wouldn't get all spiritual but perhaps it was needed. You know, perhaps COVID nineteen was needed just to, you know, almost recalibrate society. We've seen we've seen clean water, we've seen fresher air. Okay, there's a yin and a yang here. You know, if we start international travel and in cars, you know, to to get society going again, there's going to be a worse worsening on that. But at the same time, we have to put it to any future planning or any policies that we make that that's a commitment to something that can be achieved.
0: Well, I think that, James, my friend, is a uh, a very good uh, note to, to leave it on. I'm, I'm very grateful for you coming on, James. I know you're, you're busy at the moment. Very, very brief last question, if I may, mate. Um, I almost hesitate to ask it because it, it sounds almost rather foolish, but are you enjoying it? Oh,
1: I'm loving it. I am loving it. I, I love the challenge. I, I'm, I'm extremely proud and honoured to be in this position. It's a privilege. I know there was a real strong... Um, talent pool of people that went for it and actually I've been in touch with a lot of them because I want to lean on their expertise and skill set, I don't in any way suffer from the idea of the genius complex where I think I've got all the best ideas and, 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 and my way is the only way we've got a strong team here yes we're going to go through a period of redundancies ourselves because that's the nature of the organization that i picked up but also covid19 has meant that we've got to rationalize but i love it i love it you know i love i love the opportunity to you know rebuild things back better um, I'm a tyke, you know, tied in the wool tyke, so whilst it's been very difficult, and I know this is a longer answer than you probably wanted, it's been so difficult. Long nights, early morning, battling with legacy issues, with 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 people complaining about what we've got wrong. I get all that. I expected a year of preferably under the radar work to get right and right for business, but that's come a lot. Uh, quicker than I planned but we're going to be in a great position and I would I would like to finish on this anyone that wants a really strong Yorkshire tourism economy some, uh, if anyone votes for Yorkshire across the world and that diaspora of people that have lived here, worked here have got family here, if they want us to be strong and, and fight as a tourist destination that people have to visit I would urge them to back us and that's public sector and private sector backers. we will deliver something special over the next few years don't you worry about that, we just need time to do it
0: that's a great note to end on then. James, thanks a lot for your your time and uh, it was great to talk to you. Keep in touch, mate. Mark, thank you. Don't leave us alone next time and keep playing the riffs. Enjoying <laughs> it. I'll see what I can do. You take care, James. All take the best. And that my friends is the podcast. I hope you enjoyed what uh, James and I had to uh, to talk about. Um, I hope there wasn't too much football in there but um, I think that was inevitable given our, uh, our shared interest and the fact that it's been back on the television and indeed back full stop this week. Um, some lots of interesting stuff in there. I think perhaps the most... <laughs> Uh, incredible anecdote in there is the fact that he never um, met his predecessor he must possibly be the only person in yorkshire who never met sir gary verity but uh but there you go um as ever i'm always keen to get your feedback on the podcast if you've got anything that you want to raise with me you can get me on mark.cassie at jpimedia.co.uk or reach out to me on twitter i'm at mark cassie there's no fancy name it's just my christian name and surname ram together. Um, Thank you very much indeed for listening. It was great to have you on board for the experience and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.